to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. What's up, podcast listeners? Just a quick announcement for you before we get into the regular weekly episode. So just recently, we featured Cheryl Mack on the show in episode 109. Cheryl's the CEO of StartCon, which is Australia's largest startup and growth event that is taking place at the end of November down in Sydney. As part of their event, they're hosting a pitch competition with the grand prize being a $1 million investment term sheet from RightClick Capital for the winner. This is by far the largest pitch competition I've ever heard of in Asia, and all startup founders will have the opportunity to showcase their business in front of judges, other startup founders, entrepreneurs, and investors in one of the 14 cities across Asia Pacific. All you need to do is apply. The finalists from each city will then be flown down to Sydney to participate in the pitch for the $1 million dollar grand finale in front of thousands of guests. Now, I'm happy to announce that my company, Explorer Equity Group, has been selected to be the local partner of StartCon for the Hong Kong Regional Final, which will take place on October 16th at Campfire's Collaborative Space in Taiku. We'll be working together with the Startup Grind team, which you guys know I'm part of here. So I'd like to invite all startups or startup founders or entrepreneurs or anyone involved or interested in the startup ecosystem, for that matter, to join us at this event. In addition to seeing the best pitches, you'll also have access to top startup founders and investors. And we have a few exciting keynote speakers planned as well. For more information, head on over to www.startcon.com forward slash pitch, and you'll be able to scroll down and click on the Hong Kong event page. We'll have it all linked up in the show notes as well, and I hope to see you guys there. All right, let's get on to the show. This week's show guest is Jack Zhang. Jack is the co-founder and CEO of Airwallex, a multinational cross-border payments platform. The Melbourne-based fintech company has recently raised a Series B funding round from investors including Tencent, Sequoia China, Hill House, and Horizons Ventures. This also happens to be the second largest funding round in Australian history. So Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so for the audience uh, listening in, why don't you give us a little bit of background of yourself? Um, you know, where did you come from? Who you, who, you know, what did you sort of study and, and how did you become an entrepreneur? Um, I guess I founded the company uh, Airwallex about three years ago, end of 2015. Uh, you know, since then, you know, we, we're growing the company from, you know, four people to over 140 people within um, you know, just close to three years at the time. So it's quite a uh, wow. You know, dramatic series, to be honest. Um, you know, myself, I went to Australia when I was uh, sort of 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. uh, to study high school. Uh, then I went to Melbourne Uni. And after that, and I sort of work you know, in different jurisdictions like London, Hong Kong, Beijing and, and Melbourne. Uh, and, you know, all, you know, pretty much in, you know, um, investment banking or financial service industry. Uh, my last role before I found Airwallex was uh, a solution architect uh, in um, NZ's sort of FX front office. So I'm managing, um, you know, I design sort of technical uh, product and solutions, um, you know, from a, from FX uh, pricing and, and risk management uh, and trading perspective. Ah, okay. So, so you do have a, a, a background in technology. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I was just, uh, I'm, I'm just curious to, to hear how, and, and you're from, uh, you're from Hong Kong originally? Uh, no, I was, was born in, uh, 
Sintel in, in, in China. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I work here. Uh, I work in Hong Kong uh, for just under a year, uh, you know, early sort of 2010s, 2011s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so originally from China, uh, and so, but you, you kind of were educated in Australia, uh, and you have sort of global experience, also financial and te- technology background. Um, so what was it exactly uh, along your journey working at, uh, I guess, ANZ was, ANZ was your last sort of uh, corporate job that you did. What was, it, what was it that came along that made you come up with the idea to start Airwallex? Or was it a personal pain point, uh, some experience that you had that you realized, hey, you know, I, I can come up with a solution that's better for, for this problem? Um, yeah, so um, my co-founder Max um, uh, at the time runs a cafe business uh, and a retail business. So I also an investor in that business, and um, and he would uh, you know importing a lot of materials and packages uh, from from Shenzhen in, in China. Uh, obviously, need to do Aussie to uh, US payment uh, to the suppliers, and um, and both of Max and the sub- the supplier complain about it because Max have to do all the U.S. conversion, uh, and I think that at that time about fifteen thousand uh, dollars. Then uh, you know Max was recommended to use Western Union, and they charged them uh, you know about um, I guess six hundred Aussie or four hundred U.S. at that time. And uh, then the suppliers wow. complain about it because they um, you know is very hard for them to do the uh, U.S. to uh, CNY conversion and moving the money back to China. Uh, right. There's a lot of compliance issue and a lot of cost issue as well. Uh, so, you know, I, and they, they, you know, a few times they complain to me and they just uh, ring the bell that there's, it is a big pain point. Uh, and we uh, spend a bit of time to investigating, uh, you know, what can be done uh, in the cross-border payment industry uh, to facilitating uh, business growth uh, globally and then and to fix all these pain points to, to make you know the, the business uh, kind of growing cross-border faster and scale faster uh, that that ultimately become uh, the vision of air Wallex. wow that's very interesting so uh, is your is your friend still working on his own startup the one that you invested in no no so that that uh, that was my co-founder max which oh okay and i think when i told him uh you know basically I want to do air wallets and I think we're solving a larger issue and it's more challenging and, and it's probably going to help more people, helping more business to expand their business, you know, going from offline to online, you know, going from local to global. It's such exciting um, opportunity and vision for him as well. So he decided to join me uh, um, to do air wallets instead of that, um, that coffee business. Uh, right. So yeah, then he hired professional managers and, you know, to do that. And uh, we all sort of, uh, you know, obviously he left uh, to start Air Wallex with me. Right, right. Wow, very interesting. Uh, a pretty cool uh, story on how you came across, you know, helping your friend out uh, solve his problems. And then you decided that, hey, this is a problem that is probably global. Uh, people globally are experiencing the same problem. So I have a, uh, you know, I have a business here that I can I can build that can solve this. So, so why don't you tell us uh, about Air Wallex? Uh, you know, just a, a brief overview. First of all, Air Wallex. I, I suppose it uh, is it have something to do with wallet? Is that how you came up with the name? Is there any uh, significance to the name? Uh, no. So I mean, you know, the the wallet 
thing is just basically a multi-currency account, right? So we changed the T of you know the wallet to X. So basically, that means multi-currency. Mm, uh, okay. And uh, because everything is virtual and it's online, so that we put an error in front of right. um, you know Wallex, and that's how the name came about. Uh, okay. And um, I guess um, you know the, the 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 actual fundamental product we're offering is not about just wallet. We you know our vision is to build um you know using technology to build financial infrastructure and applications uh to uh help the businesses to uh to grow is potentially globally uh right. so th- that is the vision of the air wallet so basically anything to do with how uh they move the money whether it's possible to receivable payable or fx or its accounts uh we, we all have a set of products uh, to solve that issue, you know, obviously the you know originally we had a very simple payment and FX product, but now mm-hmm. I guess we are we're much significant business. We have a, a suite of product tailored uh, for for different type of uh, user cases. I see. Okay, so uh, so I understand the the, the basic of the biz- of the business model. So what would be uh, maybe you could give us a, a couple examples, like a practical use case. So if let's say uh, let's say for example I was a uh, uh, running a business sort of like your co-founders um did you say it was coffee or yeah that was just a retail retail business yeah so let's say okay so let's say i was a, a retail uh just a like a shop a store owner how would how would air wallets help me directly like walk us can you walk us through that sort of uh user experience um from both the, the customer side all the way through like maybe a transaction yeah, so obviously uh, the first thing you do is go on a website to uh, sign up. Uh, then because this is to do with uh, with money, so we have to do uh, a standard KYC and onboarding process just to understand, mm-hmm. you know, what is identity, what is the nature of your business, uh, you know, what's your uh, ultimate beneficial owner, just understand a bit of your corporate structure, or company right. structure. And then once you onboard, everything becomes straight, straightforward. Uh, for example, if you are a Hong Kong business, you want to make a payment to a supplier in the U.S., uh, and you can just create a single payment or a batch payment. Uh, or if you you know just wanted to do an FX conversion, then you can just basically book the deal straight away. Uh, and you know uh, if you're using a, a standard bank uh, in Hong Kong, you know the retail rate is about one percent to the to the mid market rate. Uh, and our entry point is 0.05%, so which is literally 50% discount from the bank, uh, from a get-go. And right. as the volume of your business goes up and transacting more and more with AirWallex, then you can enjoy uh, uh, you know, a tiered pricing, which is you know, even, uh, even more cheaper uh, oh, from a cost-saving perspective. But this is just on the, on the FX part. But also from right. a payment part, uh, you know, because AirWallex actually build a, a global payment network that directly uh, integrate into each country's uh, local payment infrastructure. So we don't actually use Swift to clean the fund, uh, which right. means, you know, if you're using the, the traditional Swift network, you're paying, you know, $1,000, you know, by the time the money arrives in the U.S. might become you know, 950 or might be 970, depends how many correspondent bank in the middle. And the time... To send the fund could be, you know, a day, could be two days, could be three days, depending on how many correspondent bank in the middle as well, right? Yes. Uh, so it's not a full amount delivery. Uh, it's, you know, that it's not a, a guaranteed delivery time. Uh, if it's any sort of 
uh, intermediary bank are not really sure what the money is for, and they were more raising, uh, you know, uh, more questions to even slow down the the process further. Um, so this is quite a, a complicated experience, and it's been, you know, out there for the last fifty years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but using Air Wallets to do payment, uh, we guarantee, uh, you know, T plus one or T plus two uh, arrival, and we guarantee full amount delivery. And because of the settlement, it's using local clearing. Uh, so you know, we also have we're using uh, machine learning and AI to do AML um, sort of transaction monitoring stuff. So the actual success rate of the payment is very, very high. It's actually above 99.5%. So it's very rare to get a bounce back or anything. Also, wow. we're actually validating the recipient's account details before you actually even send the payment. Mm. Uh, so you, you know if there's anything wrong with the, the account details or the name not matching with the account. So you know that beforehand. Uh, and just you know, from a both uh, you know a cost and the user experience, uh, and also the, the experience of the actual recipient, it just is a much more, uh, I guess, uh, is a much better experience. Uh, and also, if you wanted to enjoy a real time payment to the recipient, you can actually uh, ask uh, the, the the recipient to uh, you know basically onboard as a customer air wallet, and all the transactions between these two parties can be instant. Oh wow! I see. Okay, so so let's say we're counterparties. I'm I'm in the U.S. and you're here in Hong Kong. And if we're both customers of Airwallex, then you can send me money. I can send you money uh, instantaneously. Yes. Wow. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Um, so as far as is it a like how what's the technology like? So it, let's go back to the retail shop example. Let's say I'm a retailer, uh, you know, sitting here in Hong Kong and I want to send money, you know, and I want to sign up with Airwallex. What is that experience like after the onboarding? Let's say we pass the KYC and all this stuff. Is there a sort of front end that we have to just download uh, into our sort of our systems? Uh, Yeah, it's just all web-based and Mm -hmm. and everything is just on web or mobile and then you can just use like an internet banking application. Uh, And for the solid larger businesses, uh, and, and corporate or institutional multinationals, we would have API so that you can integrate in uh, other, other product into your financial system, accounting system, or CRM system, or ERP system, depends on how you want to automate in the product. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we basically depends on the need of automation, also depends on how large is your business. Uh, and then you can choose whether using API product or web product. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and as far as the, um, I guess this would be the revenue model, but if I were to sign up as a customer, how do the fees work there? So, you know, if you're a small business locally in Hong Kong, when you sign up, you know, standard fee we're charging for FX is, is you know, 0.5%, which is 50% discount from the retail banking world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, uh, I guess, larger business and, and you can bring up a BD, try to negotiating, uh, you know, a tiered sort of, pricing uh and for the payment perspective i think our standard pricing was you know uh only 30 percent of the what the bank charging for swift right uh we also guarantee for mail delivery and you know within one day the funds will be arrival to the recipient as well uh and uh if you uh you know if the recipient is on board uh as air wallet's client as well uh, all the transactions actually uh, on, the, on the payment side is free uh we only charge on fx Ah, okay. So, um, so you don't actually charge uh, like a, a subscription fee or anything like that. It's just a, a spread on the FX. Well, it's actually not a spread. 
because we actually giving uh, in the bank price to all our client. Oh, so it's just a flat rate, basically. We just charge you a service fee, which is you know uh, you know point something percent. Right. Uh, that doesn't matter how how volatile the market is, and we guarantee you get the best price in that transacting second, uh, and we give you that transparency fee model. So you don't have to worry about you know, how much I get charged because you know you always get the best rate. And what we actually transparent about you is is what you actually paid. Ah, interesting. And then and then, uh, but for that's that's basically that's all you charge the customer. Like, there's no sort of subscription for the the, the technology front end or anything. Yeah, you can do you can do spot, you can do forward for a lot of the online businesses. We actually offering guarantee rate as well. Uh, you know, you can guarantee for five minutes, fifteen minutes, hour, twenty four hours. Uh, if you airline, you might want to guarantee for three hours. If you um, oh, I see. Uh, sort of e-commerce website, you want to guarantee for 24 hours. So basically, we manage the entire currency risk for the website for your business as well. Uh, so the see. API and and when you actually need to do settlement and that the you know that through the Airwallet network will allow you to do clearing as well. Huh. Okay. Well, this is a this is quite an interesting concept. I think it's uh it's pretty novel and and especially in as you mentioned uh, in you know the antiquated system of swift is uh over 50 years old and so i mean this is this is definitely uh one of these things where it's it's kind of like oh I, I i i'm curious as to why uh someone hasn't discovered this before you um but it sounds like a great and very innovative uh solution so tell us a little bit about your reach right now where like how like how many customers do you have where in what parts of the world um you know and and what are your ma- main sort of target uh markets so I guess our go-to-market strategy was um, targeting those platforms um, in, in the last sort of two years. So we have really large customers um, like JD.com uh, or High Guy or Ctrip, that sort of super large client spreading right. across between uh, sort of Asia Pacific, South East Asia uh, and Europe and North America. Uh, and we we in a sort of um, uh, process of scale in each of these markets. Uh, we, you know, uh, from earlier this year, we also launched, uh, as you know, basically start targeting smaller businesses, uh, especially SMEs in Hong Kong, uh, Australia, Singapore, um, you know, these sort of juris- APAC jurisdictions, uh, and look forward to kind of expand to UK and Europe as well. Um, so, you know, that 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 is sort of how it works at the moment. Right. Uh, I'm curious, Jack, as far as um as far as sort of regulatory and capital controls coming in and out of China, what sort of uh, challenges do you face there? And, and uh, you know, does that continue to be uh, an area of scrutiny or have you guys basically figured out how to, to get around that? So first of all, the, the limitation around capital control is on personal remittance. So you'd mm-hmm. have a single transaction of 5,000, a daily transaction of 10,000, and a yearly transaction of limit of 50,000. US dollar, right? This mm. is basically people moving money in and out of China without any reasons, right? Right. Or you just have a personal reason. Um, but what we're doing is, you know, the money we're servicing and the client we're doing is more sort of trade-based or service-based or e-commerce or mm-hmm. travel, education, sort of digital, advertising, logistics. You know, there's, there's a purpose of the, 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 the payment, I guess. Uh, in mm. that case, as long as you can provide uh, the compliance data points electronically to the PBOC and also to the local bank that you partner with, uh, there's actually no limitation of, of that transaction. That's how the, the, the e-commerce or the even trade are done day in, day out at the moment. 
Right. So as long as you have the invoices and, and the, the supporting documentation, then, then that's fine. It's just on the personal level where they have the capital controls that are more stringent. Yeah, but like I think, you know, for example, there's, you know, it could be e-commerce platform. They might don't have the invoice, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, but they have all the data on the website. So sometimes that require that we actually integrate into the actual uh, e-commerce platform ourselves so we can have all the consumer purchase information, logistics information, as well as the product information so that we can reconcile back to back and we can, you know, give the regulators extra assurance and this is not just compliant with money laundering uh, regulations, it's also uh, compliant with local, uh, I guess, regulations around uh, sort of how to legitimately uh, transferring money in and out of China based on the purpose. Right, right. Sure, that makes sense. Um, okay, so I have a, I have a, an, another question, which I'm sure you've been getting a lot of as of recent, and it's around cryptocurrencies. And um, you know, I mean, obviously, there are some direct, there's some direct competition with with crypto, uh, whether it be the likes of Bitcoin or Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash or even uh, something like Ripple, which is uh, is very very much in the same. Uh, arena that you're that you're uh, that you're playing in so what are your views on cryptocurrency do you view that as a threat uh, to your core business and uh, how do you see uh, how do you see it panning out in the future so first of all as a legitimate cross-border payment platform we don't touch any digital currencies this just mm-hmm. at all right uh, and we don't really see ourselves at getting threatened or competing with any critical platform you know first of all foreign exchange is you know a daily transaction volume six trillion dollar market right right? And crypto is, you know, the whole entire crypto market, the daily transaction volume is a couple billion dollars. Right? Right. So it's just completely different market size. And the way they're using crypto to transferring money cross-border is just not viable for businesses because there's a lot of volatility, there's a lot of liquidity issue. For example, if you want to make a payment to Philippines to actually using crypto change local currency, someone in Philippines have to buy that crypto, right? But what about if there's no one want to buy it? then they have to take the volatility risk of the cryptocurrency itself, which is right. just not acceptable to businesses at all. That's right. Even for individuals, for large transactions, they, want, they don't want to take that risk anyway. Uh, and this is, and also a lot of people using cryptocurrency to get around of that, you know, the capital control issue you just mentioned about, which is completely illegal. Yes. Um, so we're not really seeing much of a, a competition at all uh, with, with cryptocurrencies. And, right. and it's funny that you mentioned Ripple. Um, you know, I don't want to comment too much on Ripple Network, but I don't think uh, that the volume is anything significant for us to be, um, I guess, aware of at the moment. Right. Fair enough. Um, and uh, okay, so so Jack, tell us a little bit about your future plans. Uh, you know, I mean, you obviously, congratulations on sort of the large uh, Series B funding round that you did. You know, obviously, all the sort of uh, premier and top bespoke names of of China. Uh, and Hong Kong as well were joined into that funding round. So it's obviously uh, proof that you're doing something right there. Uh, so congratulations, first of all. Um, what do you plan to do with that money? What are your future plans of expansion? Um, you know, thanks, Jay. I mean, uh, obviously, it's, it's a very exciting time for us. So uh, there's a couple of things we're working on. Is obviously, uh, you know, moving our global HQ to, to Hong Kong uh, as, as we have more and more uh, exposure uh, in, in sort of in China, South Asia and the Hong Kong local markets. Uh, I think it's, it's a strategic movement. So right. now I personally, uh, you know, reside in Hong Kong and, and building a team here. So we wanted to expand the team to at least about 50 people in Hong Kong before the end of the year. Wow, fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, it is a very, very exciting time for us. And we also try to uh, expand our team in China. We recently opened office in Beijing and, uh, and Shenzhen on top of our Shanghai office. So mm-hmm. we're building a BD and, uh, and customer service team in, in Beijing and, and, uh, and Shenzhen on top of Shanghai. Uh, we're also uh, expanding our team in Singapore, London uh, as well. And then we recently opened the San Francisco office as well. So wow. now we have eight offices around the world uh, with uh, maybe uh, to open our uh, Tokyo office uh, in Q4 this year. So there's going to be a lot of money you know, spent on sort of business development and global expansion. Right. Uh, and on top of that, we also uh, expanding, uh, exp- you know, spend a lot of money on R&D to further sort of strengthen our technical capability and product development capability in our, uh, I guess, main sort of R&D offices, which is Melbourne and Shanghai. Uh, so we, we have about 30 plus engineers and product people in Melbourne. We have about sort of 50 in Shanghai. So we just look at to further to expand both of the teams there. Um, and, you know, apart from, you know, you know AirWallets, we also, um, you know, wanted to sort of expand into uh, the, the digital bank industry. So we will, you know, um, you know announce big news, uh, you know, partner with a, a local bank in Hong Kong, basically a joint venture to 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 apply the virtual bank together in Hong Kong. Uh, so that that's going to be uh, very, very exciting uh, for us as well. Wow, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting uh, milestones ahead of you, and uh, that's that's super exciting. I'm very happy for you, and uh, and we're you know I'm I'm looking forward to tracking your progress because uh, I think it's a pretty novel solution that you guys have come up with, and uh, it definitely uh, has the ability to basically uh, scale globally. Um, well, Jack, thanks so much for your time. I just have a couple of last questions for you. Um, you know, I always li- like to ask entrepreneurs uh, for one piece of advice for some of our listeners that are listening in you know i mean you obviously have a very diverse background but you also spent some time uh corporate in banking and and this sort of thing you know there's a lot of people listening in that might want to uh have a piece of advice maybe if they want to break out or or try to do something on their own uh you know from your couple years as an entrepreneur what piece of advice would you give them i guess it's you know you know, you know, everyone that spends, you know, more than probably 50% of the time at work, you know, apart from sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to find something that you truly passionate and excited about uh, and you actually love about and you enjoy it with doing day-to-day is really, really critical uh, for everyone's life. Um, I think that the challenge is to spending time to really uh, sort of think about what excited things, you know, what excited you, what sort of thing is most important to you. Uh, you know, from a, from a work sort of perspective and, and finding that thing to do. Uh, and if that's become an entrepreneur or if that's doing a startup or if that's, you know, working as a sort of professional services or even a bank or, you know, that that's entirely up to the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do choose the entrepreneur path, I guess, um, you know, the, 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 the timing uh, and also the ambition and the vision of what you want to do and also the team you put together um, it's very, very critical. Uh, and, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you just got to give it a try. And that, that, that's the most important thing. Uh, you will find that you have a lot of things you don't know about yourself once you become an entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> you're discovering, you know, the abilities you never thought about you have. Uh, and that's just, um, you know, very, very exciting. Uh, and you, you, you become a much more... I guess, um, adaptable uh, to anything that new 
um, in, in any sort of challenges or any sort of environment, uh, which is something, you know, I excited about and I encourage everyone that if they thinking, you know, entrepreneurship or, or startup is something they're interested in, they, they should give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. That's good advice. Great advice, Jack. Um, and I think that, you know, that last point that you mentioned, uh, you know, is is particularly relatable because most people, when unless they step out of their comfort zone, they don't actually know what they're capable of achieving. And so to, to really just give it a go, like you said, and, and, and step outside the system. And, you know, it's not easy uh, for, for anyone. And uh, I think particularly um, it's less, less so accepted in sort of Asian culture and, and, uh, and, and this sort of thing. But the more that you sort of step out of your comfort zone and, and really uh, and push yourself out there, then you can actually uh, probably be surprised at what you can achieve, right? Um, last question, Jack, is uh, where's the best place people can find you or follow you or connect with you and learn more about Air Um I, I guess, um, you know, uh, LinkedIn or uh, uh, Twitter is the best place to, to find me. Uh, so I, I use Jack Sam, my, my own name in, in, on LinkedIn. So it's very easy to, to, to poke me. Uh, also, my uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My username is awxjack. So awx, which is the short card of Air Wallex and, and Jack, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to to reach me on that as well. Um, you know, uh, feel um, free to uh, follow me and and ping me messages directly and tweet me. Fantastic. We'll have that all linked up in the show notes uh, underneath the episode when it airs. Thanks so much, Jack, for your time and for sharing your story and and obviously the advice. And uh, we're really excited and best of luck with uh, building your company and moving forward. Thanks, Jay, for your time today. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.